0: in touch with technology with tech stuff from howstuffworks.com.
1: Welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland, and I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're going to celebrate in the glory that is Shark Week. Yes, yeah. this is this is completely our own decision that we wanted to do a Shark Week episode because Tech Stuff has not done a Shark Week episode since July of two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, shortly after podcasting was invented. That was that was. How were you even alive then? I know, and in the fact there was so little shark tech. Back in 2009, that the subject we chose to cover was Bruce, also the, known as the uh, mechanical shark that was used during the filming of Jaws.
0: Which, which now, now that you say that, I kind of, I kind of wish that we could go back in time and make you not do that episode because I really want to do that episode. Yeah,
1: especially but... since Chris had revealed that he had never seen the film Jaws, he could not quote any of the movie with me.
0: That when you put it that way it's not necessarily a bad thing um but but uh
1: I, I was I was about as speechless as you are right now Lauren <laughs> that's how I was I was I could not believe it I couldn't fathom it I mean that's an amazing movie jaws by the way is easily in my top 10 films of wow. my f- favorite films I mean it, it just I think that movie's almost perfect and part of it is because the shark didn't work so well but if you want to hear all about Bruce and the, the trials and travails of, of the Jaws shooting schedule and how that machine that didn't work so well actually made the movie better, go back and listen to that podcast. Go to the Tech Stuff RSS feed, search for that old file and uh, listen yeah, to just it. just search it was for sharks. Yeah, there. I'm yeah sure it's, you'll the, find it's it. the only one that pops up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> until today.
0: Yes, so, Today today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, the biotechnology that sharks have inside of them right now. Yeah, cyborg sharks. Uh, when, uh, well, uh, actually, some sharks, if you really wanted to, uh, you know, have a little bit of robotic components that humans have put in them, but naturally, shark senses are really cool, and you can't really call it technology, but some people have been developing technology to counteract it in order to help prevent shark attacks, which is
1: pretty rad. And some people have started working on technology that would give us a similar set of senses that sharks have. I'll talk a little bit about that, but it's it's something we're going to cover in greater detail in a future episode of Tech stuff. so we won't go too far in there. But yeah, when you look at what sharks are able to do and and how their senses work, it's almost like they are supernatural creatures. I mean, it's a because they are able to sense stuff that we pathetic little humans, are incapable of sensing without some sort of augmentation.
0: Right. This, this is why they are on the top of their food chain without having fancy things like guns yeah. to help
1: them hunt. When when you hear, uh, I'm going to quote Jaws again, when you hear them described as eating machines, which they are called in Jaws. They are. That's very, very true. And they are really well, I, I hesitate to use the word designed, right? Because that... That's just one sort of thing. But they're really well suited. How about that? For eating. I mean, they're just great at hunting down and eating stuff. And all of their senses kind of pretty much tie into that. You know, find food and eat it. Or if you see something that is bigger than you that will eat you, go the other way. Those are essentially the two things that guide a shark's life you know uh-huh and occasionally find another shark to make little sharks that's also that's important too but uh let's start with uh let's start with talking about their ability to smell things because this is one of those things that everyone has heard right that they have an incredible and very sensitive sense of smell
0: right yeah the, uh, the statistic that gets or not statistic but but little factoid that gets tossed around a lot is that a great white can um detect a single drop of blood in an olympic sized pool
1: now th- Rule number one: Do not put great whites in your Olympic-sized swimming pool. Do not. And rule two: Don't bleed in it. <laughs> Bad ever. plan. Yeah, don't do that. Um, I I love that. That's the the idea, though, that within an Olympic-sized swimming pool, because of course the first thing I think of is like, it's like some why sort did of,
0: you put that shark there? It does
1: raise or the possibility. Or why did that
0: James Bond? Why did you hang out with that James Bond villain? <laughs> don't
1: don't hang out with the James Bond villain. It does make you think of some potential amazing updates to the Olympics, but. uh <laughs> But yeah, that I hasn't think that's happened. I think that's the Hunger Games, not the Olympics. It could that's be a separate be. It separate category. Certainly would be the Hunger Games for the shark, anyway.
0: But so so the way that shark sharks sense of smell works is that um, as as they're swimming through the water, they've got two forward facing nostrils,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which provide for bidirectional smell. This is what really capability. blows my mind.
1: They can actually detect where a smell is coming from,
0: right? Because they're the the nerves in their noses are so sensitive that they can. Um, Calculate in their brains uh, how how quickly a smell reached one nostril versus the other, and right. use that to decide which direction it's coming from. So it's
1: kind of like our sense of hearing, even right. though and, and our hearing is not that great either. You know, th- it's very easy to fool a human being into thinking that a sound is coming from a particular direction when it's really coming from another one. But in general, if you're in a a, a situation where you a loud noise is coming from one side that sound hits one side of your your you know hits one ear before it hits the other and you can think oh that sounds coming from this direction and this it's sub- it's
0: subconscious thing. it's not you know it's not something that you're thinking yeah. about the shark that hard. isn't
1: the shark isn't floating in the water thinking aha 400 yards away to my left is a tasty morsel and I shall now go and snap up it just thinks turn this way um so yeah it's it's these cells are incredibly sensitive, and the fact that it can take that information into account, that it has hit one side before it hit the other, and know that this is the direction it needs to move in, is pretty phenomenal. Uh, yeah, so, so that's smell, right?
0: Yeah, smell. Um, sound, they hear incredibly well. Uh, to be fair, sound travels faster and further underwater than it does in air.
1: Right. Sound always, you know, we, we talk about the speed of sound, but the speed of sound depends upon the medium through which it travels. So sound travels at a a different speed through solids than it does through uh, the atmosphere or through water, as it turns out. So yeah, sharks are pretty good at hearing stuff, huh?
0: Oh, especially things in the in the low pitched sound range, which helps with that um that kind of flopping motion that anything that's going to be easy to catch is going to make.
1: Right. Yeah. So if it's a injured fish or a, a sick fish or something that, that's not able to swim very effectively, it's going to be making noises through its it its motions through the water that the shark can detect even from pretty far away. Uh and in fact, it, sharks are able to hear at a range that's I believe below human hearing levels.
0: Right. Um they can hear sounds with frequencies ranging from 10 hertz to 800 hertz mm. and are particularly responsive to sounds lower than 375 hertz. Um for comparison, uh 10 hertz is 1.5 octaves below the lowest note on a piano.
1: Wow. So so sharks could appreciate some really groovy music that we just wouldn't even be able to hear.
0: Would not, no, no register at all. We might be able However, to feel it. Yeah, <laughs> we can. We we can only hear uh, sounds ranging from about twenty five hertz to uh sixteen thousand. Ah, okay. So, uh, so, so starting at twenty. So, I mean, you know, we have a good scale too, but it's just whew, way yeah, up in the other direction.
1: I see. So our scales overlap somewhat, but on the extremes on either end, one of us is able to hear when the other one's not capable of hearing that. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to be swimming in the ocean that's filled with lots of sharks, swim in a high pitched way.
0: Yeah. If you were playing some sweet Mariah Carey for the shark, that <laughs> shark would not
1: even notice. First of all, I take issue <laughs> with the term "sweet Mariah Carey." But fair enough. Um, well, now, of course, we're joking. And we should also say, you know, we're talking a lot about sharks, and we'll be talking more in the second half about the technology we've developed to kind of foil the senses that sharks have. But in general, remember, shark attacks, very rare. They These are not animals that are out to get you.
0: They they actually have a lot more to worry about from us than we do from them, right. statistically speaking. Right.
1: Now, there, of course, can be situations that a person is in where they are more at danger of a shark attack than sure. others. Mm-hmm. But it's still a rare thing. I just think it's responsible to say that.
0: Oh, no. All the time. Yes. Let's
1: talk about other ways that sharks can find you and kill you. <laughs> What's another sense?
0: Sight. Sight. They've got... um Okay, so you know how cats' eyes reflect light in photographs sure. or uh, or or in the dark if, or if alligators if or alligators yeah um this is caused by i didn't look up the pronunciation of oh, lucidum there you go which i
1: think is harry potter speak for open the door
0: i i don't i don't think that's correct yeah
1: i think that's aloha mora now no i yes. didn't mention it all right
0: at any rate this is a this is an organ that's located behind the retina um and it's made up of um of reflective crystals and cool. When, so, so when light travels through the retina and hits them, um, it's reflected back out onto the retina.
1: See, now this is fascinating. This is the same sort of approach, by the way, that we are trying to mimic when we create solar panels. Right. So solar panels, you know, it's not just create something that's dark that absorbs a lot of light. We actually are trying to create solar panels using nanostructures that reflect light back down in so it it absorbs as much as possible and reflects as little as possible to make the solar panel very efficient.
0: It's the same kind of concept of, um, you know, having, for example, a candle holder that has mirrored sides, Mm -hmm. like a lantern that has mirrored sides, Mm -hmm. so that it will end up producing more light for the viewer.
1: Now, in the case of sharks, what this means is the shark is able to see even in really dark situations, which makes sense. I mean, if a shark is swimming toward the bottom of the ocean, depending upon how deep that is, there's very little light there to take advantage of. And uh, from what I understand, they're able to see, uh, well, I guess 10 times better in dim situations than a, uh, a typical human being would be able to.
0: Which, which means that, yeah, never, never be alone
1: in a dark room with a shark. So, all right, so dark Olympic-sized <laughs> swimming pools filled with blood are bad places to be if there happens to be a great white shark in there. And also, don't make any like low booming noises.
0: Yeah, definitely. Good tips. Good tips. Okay. Next next we come to um
1: their superpowers, the, right? The, the
0: really cool superpowers. I'm going to save my favorite one for last. Um and and go to the lateral line. And okay. this is a um a system of tubes that run up and down a shark's body uh, just under the skin. Mm-hmm. They're lined with these little um hair-like protrusions that are connected to sensory cells. And so when something comes near the shark, it causes the water to stir through these tubes moves the, uh, the hairs and alerts the sensory cells that something's going on.
1: So this is almost like hearing. It's very similar to the way we hear, uh-huh. only this time you're kind of feeling motion. So it's very similar to, to hearing. I mean, if you look at the human ear, then you'll see that when, when we uh, – the way we perceive sound is that we have these molecules that are banging together. I mean, sound is a very physical thing. Mm-hmm. Molecules bang together, and it ends up uh, impacting our eardrum, which t- in turn moves some tiny little bones inside our ear that then end up making this, uh, this uh, kind of a sack of fluid, uh, move. And within that are these little bitty hair-like structures. Mm-hmm. And when they, they vibrate, that sends an electrical signal that we then interpret as sound. Right. This is similar except they're not necessarily hearing it. They're kind of feeling like it's, there's uh, no, it, it there's, might be,
0: it might be a little bit like a, like a cat's whiskers. Yeah, in in the way that yeah, you you get that motion or that contact, and and it's a big clue off that something
1: something is nearby. Yeah, yeah. See, this is really tricky for us to to translate into something that we can identify with because this is outside of our yeah. ability. It's to like pursue. skin plus one. Yeah, you know I, yeah. know, I don't know, I don't know how to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be like if I'm sitting at my cubicle and and Josh Creepy Hands Clark is walking up behind me, and I sense his presence before he's able to lean over me and then inhale deeply. Which, by the Josh way, Josh has
0: not done that for a very long time. He
1: has not done that for a very long time. Although but Chuck he did stand behind you in a gremlin mask a couple weeks ago. That did was he? Pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Chuck, some, some, Chuck got a gremlin mask. I'm not sure. I'm still
1: not sure why. Uh, I have a feeling one of their listeners sent it in. The, yes. They get lots of stuff from their listeners. You know, not that not that I'm soliciting. <laughs> I don't. I don't need you guys sending us stuff unless you want to. But. It's just that it's amazing because, you know, Josh and Chuck, they're busy. Yeah. So they, they leave the office for a while and you just and start looking. at stack know, up. they like, they start to peek up over the cubicle walls. Uh, anyway.
0: Anyway, um, so my favorite shark sense. Ah, oh, yes. Is, um, is they can, they can sense electrical signals. They've got electroreception.
1: Yeah. It's, this is the Apula of Lorenzini. Am- which I, Ampula? I, yeah, Ampula of Lorenzini. Okay. I, I at first thought that was the actor. Uh, who was in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? But it turns out that's Lorenzo Lamas, and it's not the ampulla of Lorenzo Lamas. So, L-
0: Lorenzini was an Italian scientist a few hundred years back who who found this this organ um, or or series of. I would call it an organ. It's a sensory sure. organ. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a series of small clusters of. Um, electrically sensitive receptor cells that are positioned under the skin in a shark's head, ki- kind of actually where the whiskers on a dog or cat would be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're, they're connected to pores on the skin's surface. Uh, these pores are filled with this kind of gel, jelly-like
1: stuff. Yeah, it's really stiff stuff, but it, it is... Yeah, Because I, I read about a scientist who specializes in extracting this stuff from sharks that have died. Like, they they, they oh, okay. know, captive sharks, and if a shark uh-huh. dies, part of the process is they try to... Uh, pull this stuff out so they can experiment on it as quickly as possible to Before learn mm-hmm. more about it. Cause yeah. we're gonna talk about this stuff, but it's still largely mysterious to us. Right. Anyway, this, this particular organ is pretty cool. It doesn't sense movement. It doesn't sense sight or sound. It senses electrical fields. Which is crazy.
0: And like, and like electrical fields of, that are created by a fish's heartbeat.
1: Yeah. All living things have an electrical field. It's what penetrates us and binds the universe together. <laughs> it's not the force, but it is something that living things produce. It's just a natural byproduct of being a living thing. You have this mm-hmm. electric field around you.
0: As your, as your um, heart and other muscles contract, they give off very small electromagnetic impulses. Yeah,
1: these are very, very faint. And so the these incredibly sensitive organs that sharks have can detect the presence of those electrical fields. And in fact, I read about a really cool... Um, experiment where this was first kind of verified, and or at least it was one of the ones that verified it, and it happened back in 1971. Mm -hmm. And here's how they did the experiment. They got some flatfish, which sharks would like to eat, and flatfish often will be at the very bottom of the the ocean floor and bury themselves under the sand. And hide, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they are out of sight. So what they did was they put these flatfish in a little chamber that was essentially hidden from the shark. So the shark can't see the flatfish. And the chamber was supposed to also mask the smell of the flatfish. So the shark couldn't get the scent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the shark still could sense the presence of the flatfish and would try and eat the chamber. So then they decided they'd have to repeat the experiment because, you know, just doing that alone does not verify that there's anything going on, right? Sure. We have to do good science here. So what they did next was they took those same types of chambers and they filled it with chopped up uh whitefish. And whitefish oil is something that will really attract a shark. Mm -hmm. So they put it in this chamber, and again the chamber's sealed so the scent isn't getting out. And it's still concealed so the shark can't see it. And the sharks did not react. They did not go after it as if it were a fish. So this suggested that perhaps they something
0: about the fish being alive.
1: Was what they could sense. And so then they did a third test. In this third test they put tiny little electrodes under the sand and then they ran a very weak electrical current through those electrodes, creating a, a faint electric field. And the sharks reacted as they did when they could sense the flatfish. And this seemed to be the proof here that sharks have spidey sense. Science! I guess it's sharky sense. That's beautiful. So, yeah, they they can detect these electric fields and hunt out prey or if, predators.
0: Mm-hmm. It's only a few feet away from the shark's nose that this that this is sensible.
1: Right. Yeah, it's not like it's not like it's the ability to to smell something from, you know, a kilometer away, away or whatever, or whatever. sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it does mean that once they get closer to their intended prey, that they are able to zone in on it pretty quickly even if mm-hmm. it's hiding.
0: Uh-huh. um they scientists also think that they may possibly help uh e- use this for navigation mm-hmm. uh by sensing the magnetic uh pole of the earth.
1: Wow. So they're able to actually detect the earth's Maybe. magnetic field possibly. Possibly.
0: Um and defi- it- and definitely they've found that um baby sharks use this while they are still in uh in their eggs mm-hmm. to uh, if If a predator is coming, the baby shark can sense it through this uh through this organ and yep. stay still
1: enough so it'll pass the predator by will not eat nice yeah this is uh this is interesting stuff and you know we've also heard all about sharks going on these long migrations and then showing up like like whale sharks tend mm-hmm. to show up uh i believe off the coast of central america um and I, I have a friend actually who went and got to see this in person. Actually, you know him too. Uh, <laughs> it's a, f- a friend of both of ours who went and saw this in person. And, uh, from his, his account, it sounds like it was totally spectacular Just to see all these whale sharks. Oh, it's sure. an enormous number. But, uh, yeah, so it may be that they're using this, this ability as part of that navigational, um, uh, you know, aid so that they know which way to go. Know where and, they're going. And, yeah. Yeah. So, and
0: I feel like that about wraps up our first section here on on shark inner technology.
1: Right. So now we're going to talk about in the second half all about the ways we kind of mess with sharks uh, really in an attempt to not be eaten by them yes. or to study them further. Before we get into that, though, let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. All right. We're back. So we've talked about the shark's senses. Let's talk about some of the things we do with sharks and how we study them.
0: Yeah. Well, OK, we were just talking about shark migration habits. And this is one of those things. This applies to any kind of marine life. You know, the sea is kind of deep and a little bit dark and not uh, easily accessible. Right. Not super. You know, the fact that we can't breathe or walk on it is problematic for us. Yeah. So so in order to find out more about things like sharks, we tend to tag them. Right. These are. This is done, um, in sharks' cases, by acoustic trackers.
1: Now, this was really cool. I did not realize this until I saw the research that you sent about the fact that these are all acoustic-based. That means they're sound-based. Right. And, in fact, uh, the sensors and the the receptors only work when they get pretty close to one another.
0: Yeah, uh, there's, there's huge arrays of these under various oceans. The most extensive one is off the uh, uh, coast of Halifax, spanning... Uh one hundred and eighty-five kilometers, which is about 115 miles.
1: So these are for Canadian sharks? Yes. I bet they're extra polite. They,
0: I'm not sure if that's a true fact, but <laughs> I'm willing to roll with it.
1: Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so uh they're in in if you if you're working with someone who has done this quite a bit, I mean this is a, a process that actually doesn't take very long. Uh they the the way it works is they have to uh, first they have to entice sharks to come close to whatever boat they are on research. Boat.
0: Usually not difficult. Uh, food is a pretty, pretty strong attractor.
1: Yeah, they just put some bait, some chum. chum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone who's watched Jaws, again, that big old bucket of chum, same sort of thing, except they usually end up putting like a perforated bucket into the water and shake it around a bit. And then within, you know, half an hour to an hour, they start attracting sharks. They catch the sharks, often using a rod and reel approach, but Mm -hmm. they'll catch the sharks, bring them aboard the, the boat. As it turns um,
0: out, if you turn a shark upside down, uh, some species of shark anyway, it kind of paralyzes them, a, a similar effect to, to, you know, picking a cat up by the scruff or something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's called tonic immobility. I actually, know, a lot of, I've got a lot of friends who suffer from gin and tonic immobility, where you put it like at least four or five drinks in them and they just, they ain't going anywhere. What? <laughs> I didn't name you, Lauren. So, um, Anyway, yeah, if you put a shark on its back, some sharks, they go into this tonic immobility trance-like state, which allows the researchers then to perform the procedure, which involves making an incision, implanting an acoustic device, uh, and then stitching them up. And that can take about 10 minutes. And then they can put the shark back into the ocean. Shark swims away, none the worse for wear. Mm-hmm. And whenever it swims near a receiver... The, uh, the, the transmission from the, the implant will be picked up by the receiver and then they can track the shark's movements.
0: Right. Uh, you know, and that includes tracking where they're going during different seasons, where they feed, and even where their pups are
1: hatched and raised. Right. So that gives us a lot more information about creatures that, to, for a large you know, largely are very mysterious to us. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's only so much research you can do by capturing and putting into captivity a shark, because obviously that's a totally different set of circumstances than a shark being allowed to roam freely. To do its
0: shark thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, so it's pretty cool stuff. And then there's, um, some other things we can do with sharks that, uh, like not be eaten by them. That's, that's a big thing that people want. So there are a lot of, of, uh, occupations out there. That involve everything from science research to, to certain types of fishing or, uh, ocean harvesting.
0: Or, uh, or even hobbyists like
1: surfers. Right. Where it could mean that you are occasionally, uh, put into an environment where it could be shark rich and, <laughs> uh, and you know again sharks are not out to get us but there are times where you could be in a situation where you could be prone to a shark attack. So Right. There's uh, been a lot of work done in ways of making that not happen,
0: which is excellent. There's one of the slightly older technologies is called electric shark repellent.
1: Yeah. Now uh, this is a now remember we talked about the uh, Lorenzo Lamas organ in the last section where it allows you to detect bad movies. Well, Amp- yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my wrong notes. Ampulla of Lorenzini. Well, of Lorenzini that allows them to check, uh, detect electric fields. So here's the thing: if you overwhelm a shark's ability to detect electric fields, it causes them discomfort. It's kind of like if you were to overwhelm any of our senses.
0: It's it's a little bit like blowing an air horn, maybe, or or a flash bomb or something, right? Like yeah, that, a flash grenade.
1: Like if it's if it's an incredibly bright light, you can't look at it, right? If it's an mm-hmm. incredibly loud sound, you want to get away. If it's an incredibly bad smell, you want out. I mean, there there are all these different uh, ways that we have experienced as human beings our senses being overwhelmed, and it's not a pleasant experience. Same sort of thing here. The electric shark repellent, the idea is to create an electric field that's not going to hurt the shark. It's not Hopefully. going to. Yeah. It, the The design is not to harm the shark in any way, but to create Just to this, kind of stun it. Yeah. Or or just give it like a really unpleasant sensation so it gets the heck out of there.
0: Right. Uh, this was developed by South Africa's Natal Sharks Board around 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently owned by a company called Shark Shield, the technology. Right. And... Originally, it was called Protective Oceanic Devices, or PODs. Currently, it is called Shark Shield. Yep. And it works by creating an electromagnetic field de- detectable from a couple dozen feet away?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, a couple uh, meters? The, it's usually between 8 and 10 meters, depending upon the, the, strength. Strength, the strength of it. Yeah. The, it consists of a battery pack, which provides the power, and two electrodes. Uh, the one that Shark Shield showed off that I saw uh, had an electrode that fits on a scuba tank and a second electrode that fits around the uh, the diver's ankle. So uh, these two electrodes are what produce this electric field. And it's a weak field. It's not terribly strong. Because remember, that shark's ability to sense these electric fields is incredibly sensitive. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take a lot to overwhelm it. Yeah. So when the shark swims in and uh, encounters this intense field... It usually just jerks away. It just away. bugs off, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it, it looks like something like, you know, you just hit the worst smell you've ever smelled and you just gotta get out of there. It's kinda like that. There's like a quick spasm and then they're just gone. So mm-hmm. it doesn't look like there's any, it doesn't stun them to the point where they suddenly go motionless and start to sink.
0: Yeah, and, and they don't flop around or anything no. unpleasant like that. It's but just like, whoa, it's just and like,
1: then, ooh, get, No not, thanks. not doing that. Yeah, so <laughs> the video actually had the guy, uh, one of the guys underneath a uh, tuna, a giant tuna that they had cut open as bait wow. uh-huh. while great white sharks swam around him but would not get close to him because he was wearing one of these things.
0: huh. They, they are not guaranteed. Studies have found that sharks, I mean, basically if you have a bit of bait and you put an electric field on it or near it, a shark is going to eat it.
1: Yeah. Now, but if,
0: humans if, are are not tasty bait. Right. Most sharks in fact once they take a take an initial bite out of a human person will go, "ew, that's not good at all." Yeah, that's not and what swim I. Want. Away. Yeah, yeah, it's called
1: a test bite. Yes. But the problem is that a test bite can be can
0: totally kill you. Yeah.
1: If if it's a if it's a large enough shark with a powerful enough bite, that's more than enough to at least maim you. Mm-hmm. I mean, give cause you serious injury if not actually uh, critical in, in, injury rather. Um, yeah. So, but
0: so I recommend not um, being a tuna bait while you're in right. the water. So
1: Olympic size swimming pool filled with blood and tuna bait, loud low noises. Uh, you don't want to jump in just with one of these to protect you. Yes. Okay. Got it. All right. Check. I'm still. I'm make, this checklist is getting longer and longer. I'm never going swimming again. Not even in my pool. I mean, it's just. Uh.
0: This, this next one might, might comfort you a tiny bit. Maybe um, a
1: slip and slide.
0: The most recent technology to have been developed, um, comes from the University of Western Australia teamed with a biotech company called, uh, uh, Shark Attack Mitigation Systems.
1: <laughs> Alright, so SAMS.
0: SAMS, right. Gotcha. And this is shark repelling wetsuits.
1: Wow. Alright. Based so... on visual design. Oh, So, okay. so it is okay.
0: fashion so bad that sharks run screaming the other way Skim right. screaming The
1: shark just looks like a, oh no Mm-mm, not, not going to bite that not even so um, so what how does it do this like is it is it is it hiding you or is it Well there the there deal? are two
0: types of patterns that they have developed. One is a am um, cryptic or blinding pattern and this is kind of like water camo. It helps you it's a, it's a series of grays and greens and blues and helps you blend in hypothetically with the background of the of the water.
1: Interesting. Now that would not leave me terribly confident if the shark got close enough because, again, it could start picking up that electric field.
0: Absolutely. But it might at least not attract the shark's attention gotcha. the way that right. any normal bit of, of surfer gear might.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So. And if, if the shark doesn't come close, then that field isn't, is not is not going to be activated anyway. Like we sure. said, it's very sensitive, but it has to get within a few feet of you uh-huh. before it starts picking anything up.
0: So, you know, it, it's a little bit like um active shark camo.
1: Got it. I guess. So what's um, the other kind?
0: The other kind is warning. And this makes you so highly visible with a um with a disruptive high contrast pattern that the shark look like takes one look at you and goes, that is not <sighs> that is not normal. Yeah, that is
1: that clashes. Not
0: tasty. And that is maybe dangerous.
1: Wow. Okay. So it's looking at you and it's just so, it's essentially, oh, high contrast banding. I see that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you it's look these very hmm. It's these
0: very thick black and white bands. You look a little bit like a zebra surfer.
1: And so interesting. So if you threw a zebra into an Olympic-sized swimming pool.
0: Don't do that. Why would you do that? Science.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, no, you're fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That would be cruel and unusual zebra punishment. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, these are really interesting ideas because, you know, back when, when Chris and I first talked about doing a Shark Week episode or tech stuff, at that time, the, most of the stuff we were looking at was pretty low tech. We were looking at things like chainmail suits that are bite suits designed to withstand a shark's bite. But you still get bitten by the shark,
0: oh, right? And and you can still sustain heavy bruising and, oh, yeah. and even even bone breakage um, sure. through a chainmail suit like that.
1: And then we also talked about like shark cages, but really shark cages don't have a lot of tech to them. It's essentially a metal cage it's designed to keep the shark away from you.
0: Really good welding.
1: Yeah. So I- I'm glad that you were able to find so many interesting examples of technology being used in shark research and just protecting people who are working in environments where there are a lot of sharks. Right. Uh, and, of course, here's where we remind our listeners yet again, sharks are not out to get you.
0: They are not. Uh, th- none of them. None of them are like Jaws.
1: Yeah. No, um, they certainly won't follow you from not- Nantucket down to the Caribbean and then wait for you and 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 plan revenge like Jaws four. They <laughs> what a horrible movie that is. However, you will get to meet Michael Caine if that happens. So that's kind of cool.
0: Um, and and sharks are very useful. I'm just going to ignore that last. Sharks are that's very fair. very useful. Um, as, as the top of their food chain, they help keep the gray seal population in check. Which sounds terrible for gray seals, but the thing is, is that if, if you take a major predator out of an ecosystem. Um, you wind up just borking that
1: ecosystem. Yeah, it unbalances, and mm-hmm. then next thing you know, you have other other animals' uh, populations exploding, which then is a negative impact on other populations and other uh, ecosystem. For variables. for example,
0: us. If the gray seal population isn't kept in check, then the amount of fish that we can capture from from natural waters goes way down because the gray seals eat too many of them.
1: Yeah. So it's and
0: et cetera, et cetera. So if you like sushi, don't kill sharks. Fair enough. Right. Sh- right. Sharks are hunted very frequently for um for their fins, which are sold as food and occasional, occasionally as like kind of herb, herbal medicine, medicines. Of yeah, tr- mm-hmm.
1: traditional medicines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and a lot of sharks are protected by law, mm-hmm. uh, although which does not stop poachers at all. It doesn't stop them at all. No. Uh, so uh, and then there are you know there are plenty of sharks out there that I think are wicked awesome but that are not a danger at all to humans, like whale sharks. That's right. another example. They are not uh, they're, they're not, not going to chew you up. They're not going to do that. That's not they eat the tiniest of tiny things. If
0: you swam directly into its face, um,
1: it would probably it, wonder what the heck you're trying to do.
0: It might, I suppose it could crush you accidentally.
1: <laughs> it could whack you with its tail. Yeah. yeah. But they they tend to be these just giant slow-moving uh fairly gentle creatures. I mean, they're they're essentially they're filter feeders. Mm-hmm. Very similar to other filter feeders. Um And they're awesome. We have a couple here in Atlanta that I I like to see whenever I go to the Georgia Aquarium. Well, that that's a good conversation just about the science of sharks and the technology we've developed. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention. I had mentioned at the top of the show about the possibility of developing tech that would allow us to kind of emulate what sharks can do.
0: Right. Yeah. That electro. Was that the electro electro sensitive
1: sensitive idea? Yeah. So so this is something that we'll talk about more in a future podcast. We're going to probably do an episode about body modification. Uh and in the interest of full disclosure, Jonathan has two tattoos. Um, but the, uh, the body modification I was going to talk about was that there's this subculture of body modifying, uh, folks. And one of the things they like to do is have a tiny magnet implanted, uh, in their fingertip, uh, in a fingertip. Mm-hmm. Usually it tends to be, at least the, the, the reference I've always seen is make it the ring finger. On your non-dominant hand, because so that if
0: something terrible goes wrong, that's
1: you've lost the least useful finger. Well, it's morbid, but yeah, it's, cool. It's tough, I and mean, we'll talk more about it if we do a full podcast on it. But the the idea is, the magnet would allow you to do things like sense electric fields because the the relative uh, the the nature between electricity and magnetism means that you have this this uh, connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now it'd have to be a, a fluctuating electric field. Right. Uh, you, you could detect it if you moved through it, but upon moving through it, like if you if you just encounter an electric field that wasn't changing, you would detect it when you first encountered it and then it would just be normal, right? Uh, so it would have to be a fluctuating electric field for you to continue to detect it. But this would allow you to do that where you could sense electric fields just, well, not just like, but in a similar way to the way sharks do. So it's kind of interesting that there are body modification fans out there who are building in... The capability of sensing things the way a shark would—not necessarily, you know, framing it that way—but that's how it ends up, and I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I would be volunteering to do that anytime. I don't want to do
0: that either. No. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, it seems like that might be a little extreme even for me. Um, but however, it's kind of interesting, and we'll talk again more about that because there's been some other interesting developments of uh, technology built up around this kind of body modification. But uh, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there because I thought it was neat. You know, this idea of this sixth sense out of the seven that Sharks have <laughs> and and to, uh, to kind of talk about how there are people who are sort of emulating that. Uh, anyway, that kind of wraps up this conversation. Guys, if you have any suggestions for future topics of Tech Stuff, like you totally want to hear that body modification episode, let us know. Send us an email. Our address is techstuff@discovery.com or come find us on Facebook and Twitter. We're not hiding. We're right there. Our handle is techstuffhsw. Lauren and I will talk to you again really soon.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.